All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here. Uh, last time we had Noah Draft of the Twitter Draft community on, and he gave a breakdown of each pick, pick by pick for the Redskins. And before that, we had Connor Forrest on, a Rigos Rag contributor who kind of gave a more broad overview of the draft uh, and the Redskins' performance and what it means. So if you want to view those podcasts, you can just go on our site. But right now, today, we've got Rigos Rag writer Nathan Britton here uh, to talk about the other teams in the NFC East, uh, how they did in the draft, and how we might compare. So, Nathan, how you doing? It's been a little bit. Doing good. How are you guys? How are you doing? Yeah, it has been a while. Glad to be back, though. Yeah, yeah. And I see that you guys, it's its its almost routine to have more than two people on here. But uh, yeah, it's its, it's going to be good to... Uh, get the rotating staff in and uh, have a little bit more time to talk this time around, which is good because there's a lot to unpack in the uh, NFC East and what each team did. So uh, we'll get right into it. I don't know if there's a team you want to start with, the team you've got some fiery hot takes waiting in the wings for. Well, yeah, I mean, I know you guys did your Redskins one. Um, I just wanted to touch on that too. I think they had a really, really strong class. I think that a lot of people were kind of iffy on whether they should go quarterback, waiting and getting Haskins at 15. Not having to move is awesome. Moving back in to get arguably the second or third best pass rusher in the draft is awesome. They filled some holes. They had a little bit of a shaky fourth round, which they normally do. I think that Bryce Love is a a guy I liked. I would think he could have got him a little later. Wes Martin, I'm sure Jacob had some broken down critique take on him because he finds film and, and watches everyone, but I had never heard of him. I was looking earlier today, and I have it pulled up now on NFL.com, looking at the team grades that they gave them, and they had the Eagles tied with us at first for an A. I don't see it. We'll start there just because that, that's where we're on. But they drafted an offensive tackle, number 22 overall, Andre Dillard out of Washington State. I don't know how familiar you are with that, him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a good pick for that spot. I know Jason Peters gets hurt. Outside of that, I really don't see anything that they did that's super spectacular. I don't know how you feel. I think that Miles Sanders, the running back out of Penn State, is kind of kind of one of those things where it could go either way. Running backs are so iffy, and they're so, you know, the shelf life of them in the league nowadays is so short yeah. that it's hard to really get value there. I think yeah. that when you have a guy like, not to be Redskins biased, but Darius Geis, who was probably the second best uh, running back in that class last year, should have been a first-round pick if it wasn't for the mysterious off-the-field concerns. Yeah. Getting him in the second round is cool. I think if you get guys like, I know, I think Le'Veon Bell was a second-round pick. Those kind of guys, I understand it, but I think when you kind of reach to fill that position in round two, three, I think that's kind of early. So I don't, I don't love that pick. Yeah. And then they didn't have sixth or seventh round pick or third round pick so i think it's hard to give them an a i just don't think they added enough to really take this team back to a championship level yeah yeah could you hear that phone in the background i could okay i'm sorry about that i'm sitting in my basement guys (laughs) that just that that kind of caught me off guard but uh yeah i i agree i think i gave them i'm pulling up my draft grades article i gave them a b they had some good picks i gave dillard an a minus because he's got really good athletic upside I think he's in the perfect situation. He can sit behind Jason Peters and learn. That's a good spot for him. And he could end up being a long-term, high-level starter for them. If he can just learn from a veteran, I think I think that's a great situation. Miles Sanders, yeah, I thought that was a reach for him. Uh, he's got pretty good athletic talent, but uh, it's, a, it's running back. You know, it's a pretty replaceable position. You can get guys that you can use well uh, later on. I, James Williams, one of my favorite third down backs, went undrafted. I just I feel like the Eagles are in a position they have a pretty versatile running back room as is. I don't think they needed to reach for a guy in round two. 
I thought they could have drafted an, uh, a more important position there. So, but I gave it a B minus because he's got some potential to be a, a versatile weapon on the on the offense. I just I don't think it was a need. Um, JJ Arcega Whiteside, pretty decent pick. Um, I'm I'm not head over heels for it. He's yeah. got that red zone potential, so that's okay. You know, we'll see another weapon Sharif Miller is the guy with some upside and the pick I didn't like it's it's only a fifth rounder but Clayton Thorson when you have a guy like Brett Ripien going undrafted you don't need to reach for a guy like Clayton Thorson in round five I mean this is a guy with he's not accurate not good fundamentals and not a lot of upside there and they like their big tall quarterbacks they signed Sudfeld they got Wentz but when you have value guys when you when you can get Kelvin Harmon in round six when you can get Amani or Warrior in round five uh, you have no business taking Thorson that early. But if they wanted their guy, I get it. It just was bad value to me. Overall, a pretty decent class. Nothing to write home about, though. I agree with you there. Yeah, I agree. If you want to take a flyer on that guy, cool. Like you said, if that's our guy, cool. But when your your last pick of the draft is in the fifth round and that's where you decide to take him, I think that's kind of inexcusable. I mean, is he that much better than Nate Sudfeld? Probably not. Are either of them better than what they had in the backup in Nick Foles? Absolutely not. Like you said, Brett Ripien going undrafted. Uh, Tyree Jackson out of Buffalo going undrafted. I think that's a guy that could have come in and kind of with a bigger body and a big arm kind of filled that backup spot too. Could have yeah. fought for it. So, and, and then you mentioned all the, the pass rushers, the defensive backs, the, the all the other options that are there in the fifth round. To reach for a guy like that, I think that that's, like say, poor value. It doesn't really make sense, and it's a wasted pick. Yeah, it's a fifth rounder, so it's not it's not like you're going to throw the whole draft away because of it. But it's like, Correct. if you have an opportunity to grab a depth player or a player with good upside at a position that will be a need in the future, I'd rather do that than reach on a guy who you could at least trade, try and trade back to get, or you could get Ripian as a free agent. You know, I, I don't know how yeah. he went undrafted, but if you can get him in that room, you know, that's solid. That's a solid backup right out of the gate. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you mentioned trading back to get him. I think for, if you were to just trade that fifth round pick, you probably pick up a sixth and a seventh this year, maybe one of those picks and, and a pick next year. It just it, it's one of those moves that you look at it and you're just kind of like oh, okay whatever you say it doesn't it doesn't really make sense yeah but yeah. who knows maybe they know something we don't yeah we'll see and the Andre Dillard pick that was a good one a good savvy move so I think they didn't do as much as they could but they didn't have a lot of picks either so it's like yeah it's a trade off but whatever and it, it's a team that if, if Carson Wentz stays healthy they have enough of their pieces returning that they're going to be in playoff contention so yeah. You know, they got some protection for him. To hopefully, has he been hurt every single year? Or just I know he's been the past two, but, you know, they got something there to help him out. Uh, they got a couple weapons for him to throw to a guy out of the backfield to kind of sure up that spot where they've had some question marks, even though they did just trade for Jordan Howard a few months ago. So yeah. it's like they took a look in the mirror, said we're good enough, and just kind of put some reserves and, and, and uh, some fresh legs in there. Unlike the Redskins, who needed to have a solid draft this year, the Eagles mm-hmm. they didn't. It wasn't a necessity for them. It was just it was just kind of filler. So, but pretty decent. Uh, what team do you want to cover next? We got the Giants and the Cowboys. Well, I think we are going to be able to poke a lot of fun at the Giants, so let's save <laughs> them for last because yeah. I don't know how much informational talk there's going to be there, rather than just kind of pointing and laughing. <laughs> um, so let's go with the defending NFC East champion Dallas Cowboys. They didn't have that first-round pick for Amari Cooper that they traded away, which at the time, when you see that happen, you're kind of like, wow, Gruden just kind of robbed them. And it turns out that it might have actually been a pretty solid move for them if he can keep performing how he did when he was there. Tristan Hill, 
out of Central Florida, their D tackle they took in round two, their top overall pick. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, he's a good player. I see the upside. I see the value there. But I saw there was something about a like work ethic kind of thing worked into his contract. If you're taking a guy in the second round and there's concerns about his work ethic, where you got to kind of negotiate that in or even just lay it out on the table, I, I can't look at that pick and say that's solid. They took two running backs, which doesn't make sense to me. One in the fourth, one in the uh, in the seventh. When you have Zeke Elliott, who hasn't missed a game due to health, so that doesn't really make too much sense to me. Michael Jackson, the cornerback out of Miami, I heard a lot about him coming out. I'm not super familiar with him, but mm-hmm. his name was thrown a lot around a lot. I saw a lot of uh, people saying that getting him later, like where he was where he was falling to, was was going to be excellent value. Joe Jackson out of Miami, I also heard a lot about him. So it, it looks like they had a pretty solid draft too. That's a team where I think any given year they could be really really good, or they could be in that 500 range and try trying to claw their way to prove that they're better than they are. So this is kind of one of those drafts to me where if those guys hit, be contributors to this team, it turns out to be a pretty good draft. If they struggle or a couple of them kind of just fizzle out, you're going to look. There's another draft I think you look at and you go, what are you doing? You had bigger needs than that. And, you you know, you could have taken someone better than Tristan Hill, who's got the off the field concern, the work ethic concern. It's an average draft to me. They gave it a B on NFL.com. I probably give it a B minus or a C mm-hmm. just because there's there's a lot of question marks there. Yeah, I gave it a B minus. Um, yeah, Hill, he's got those work ethic concerns. He does have some athletic upside, so I can see that. I, I probably would have gone round three, but you know, if, if they're really high on him, if they think they can coach him, Dallas ha- has some questions on the interior defensive line, so you know, it might be a long term solution. Connor McGovern is another guy who could be another long term guy on the offensive line, whether it's depth. I think he does have some starting potential too. Um, after that, yeah, it was it was a whole lot of meh for me. You know, Tony Pollard, I think, can be a good compliment to Ezekiel Elliott. He's more of a elusive runner. Questions surrounding how well rounded his game is. Um, Michael Jackson's like a high floor, low ceiling corner. Joe Jackson. I, I got a chance to watch some of his tape. He didn't do a whole lot for me. Just kind of a, a kind of another depth guy. So I, I don't see a lot of future starters in this class. But if they were looking to solidify a playoff caliber roster, they did it with this draft. You know, you got depth in areas that you might not have had it. All you really had to do was sustain it. I think they did that. I don't think they did anything more or anything less. So it's kind of it's kind of like a decent draft, nothing more. Kind of like the Eagles. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those where they looked at themselves and said, we won the division last year run it back and reload a little bit. Um, I would have liked to have seen them. I, I don't know who their number two is going to be, but they lost Cole Beasley. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen them try to do something a little bit more because I know Jason Witten is going to come and catch passes for them next year, so I'm sure that that's why they felt comfortable not really looking for a slaughter and outside kind of guy. Yeah. But that that's one thing I think that if I was them, I really would have tried to focus on is either – another receiver or a tight end because Witten's coming back, but what, it's going to be one or two years probably. So I'd say one year. I don't yeah. have high expectations there. Exactly. So reload it kind of rostery and a lot of depth position guys. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with getting guys that you think are going to contribute for your defense. I mean, we saw the Super Bowl. Offenses are fun and they sell tickets, but, you know, stout defenses that can shut teams down is what's going to win you rings. So – who was the the dude that they had just had retired because he wants to go smoke weed? Oh, uh, David Irving. Yeah, so uh, you know you lose a guy like that. He, he's not you know an all pro or anything, but he was very he was a song, solid young player. So you get Tristan Hill to try to help with that a little bit. You get the defensive ends. It looks okay. 
it's gonna you know it's gonna be interesting to see how it pans out in the long term but there's potential there and when you don't have a first round pick it's it's always hard to get that immediate contribution so the best you can hope for is you know Mm -hmm. take a flyer on a guy and maybe he'll pan out i i'm looking at the receiver depth chart they do have Tavon austin who they're pretty high on as a as a chess piece um they signed randall cobb who is still pretty savvy, even if he's past his prime. Michael Gallup, who's who was pretty good as a rookie last year, and yeah. uh, Cedric Wilson, who's another guy who was a rookie last year, got injured for the whole year, but I, I liked him coming out, so he could kind of emerge as a role player. We'll see. So I think they have enough on offense where they kind of say, "All right, you know, we'll just go for depth. We won't necessarily try and force the issue." But um. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I think, like we said, if they were trying to sustain their playoff contention, they did that. But did they take themselves over the hill? That's the question. Yeah, definitely. And I do like, I know, I don't like the two running backs in the draft, but I do like that they're getting a compliment to Zeke because I know they run him into the ground a little bit to get a kind of a shiftier, that Chris Thompson-type impact player I think is good. A guy who I'm, we got, actually, Bryce Love, is a guy who I could have seen them getting in him if he gets healthy, kind of thriving there as a one-two punch with Zeke. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm actually really glad that they didn't go for him. I'm glad they took Tony Pollard. It's one of those things where, the, I mean, I don't think you expect the Redskins to go out and win 12 games and win the division, but it looks like it's going to be the Cowboys and the Eagles duking it out, trying to figure out who's going to win it and get back to the playoffs. And these drafts are going to be big-time contributors to this year, if they can go back and do it with these rotational depth pieces once it gets later in the season and guys are nicked up. And going forward, if, who's going to develop? Because I know you saw the rumors swirling recently that Dak is probably going to get a big payday. Zeke is coming up. Yeah. Amari Cooper, too. And then, uh, then you go to the Eagles. Carson Wentz is going to want some money pretty soon. It's going to be real crucial for these guys this, these guys on these in these classes for long-term success for these teams. Yeah, and speaking of long-term implications, I feel like that's a good segue to the Giants. Um, yeah, they, they had three round one picks. Uh, how do you think they fared with those picks, Nathan? I love DeAndre Baker. I really, really, really like him. That's a guy who, if the Redskins... I, I didn't think he was going to go day one. I thought... I thought maybe, and then as it was getting later and later, I thought, okay, he's going to fall to round two. And that's a guy who I would have liked for us to target in round two. Uh, I think that guy's. I think he's going to be a stud. So he kind of scares me a little bit with that pick, uh-huh. especially because we don't really have – now maybe that changes this year with Kelvin Harmon or Josh Doxon finally figures it out and, and we get a true number one. But I, that guy looks like a guy who's going to terrorize us for years. Um, Dexter Lawrence – good player but he's a nose tackle and i i just can't see taking a nose tackle in the first round i know it was 17 it was the back half and at that point you're kind of just you know plug and play you're not getting the elite prospects at that point anymore but still that just seems like a pick that kind of screamed desperation to me and then i think everybody except for the new york giant fans favorite pick is daniel jones at six overall i like this for two reasons one it meant that the redskins weren't going to do it the Redskins were not going to take him at 15, which I was terrified of. And two, they drafted essentially, I think he's going to be what Eli Manning is pretty much now. I think there's going to be a lot of plays where you go, oh yeah, that's why they drafted this guy at six overall. And I think there's going to be a lot of plays where you're pulling your jersey over your face and screaming in your hands, what are you doing? So, you know, their first round, not that great. <laughs> Two, two out of the three picks, I don't really like that much. Yeah. Um, 
they didn't have a second round pick. I guess they traded it to get back into the first round, right? To get DeAndre Baker. Yeah. Um, they're round three. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Oh, Shane Jimenez, I think. I think it's Jimenez. Yeah, the, the OB from Old Dominion. I really like him. Uh, round three, I think, is good value. I think that's a guy that's going to, I don't want to say terrorize Dwayne Haskins for years, but I think he's going to he's gonna be a name that we kind of, he's just going to be a perennial Redskins killer, a guy that doesn't really show up unless it's against the Redskins or, you know, one of the teams that, in those big moments. So that's, that's a pick I really like for them. I think it's good value there. And then after that, I think that they just were picking names. Yeah, yeah, I would, um, yeah, going to round one, I agree with you there. I think I was too low on DeAndre Baker. I gave him a C plus. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think I was too low on him. I kind of weigh uh, athleticism pretty highly. So he's not the most athletic guy numbers-wise, but you, I, I've seen some of the tape since then, and he's just he's a very physical guy. You know, really. you know who he reminds me of? Who's he reminds you? me of Brashad Breeland. Just gonna be a, just a physical guy that he's not running a four two forty. He's not Deion Sanders picking everything off, but he's gonna he's gonna be there. He's gonna let you know he's gonna be there. He's gonna be in the right position, and he's gonna make plays. That's that's how I see him. And, and with my corners, if I'm not getting the Patrick Peterson, if I'm not getting those, those guys, I want the bigger, taller, physical guys. I want the guys if they're not going to run super fast and pick balls off, put your hands on the receivers, knock them off their routes, prevent them from getting going off the line. That that's what I look for in a receiver, and I think that that's everything that he's going to be. He he might not turn out to have the huge interception numbers at the end of the year, but I think he is going to be a guy that you have to you have to be aware of where he is on the field. Yeah, yeah, I, and I would agree. I would agree. And you look at the Giants' depth chart before the draft. They needed to address corner. They needed to add at least two, and they added a guy in round four who I was higher on than Baker and Julian Love. So that Love is like crazy ball production in college. I think he had over twenty pass deflections uh, wow. in his last two years or something. So he's, you know, he's not he he's not the most athletic guy either but just really good ability to mirror receivers and match them with, uh, you know, hip fluidity and stuff like that. I think uh, those are two guys, Baker and Love, who could factor into the starting equation early for New York and at a, at a very important defensive position. So I'll give him props for that. But uh, the first two first-round picks, I was really scratching my head. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, yeah, he's a good, he's a very good run stuffer who has the potential to be a little bit more than just a uh, you know, a space eater as a pocket, as a pass rusher, you know, he could have some pass rush utility, but mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the day, you're drafting a nose tackle when you already have Dalvin Tomlinson and BJ Hill. I mean, that's just not a valuable pick at all. And yeah, at, at 17, you can add, you know, you can, you can add a wide receiver one, you know, you traded away Odell Beckham. You can add that guy, you know, I think. Yeah, all the receivers are on the board at that point. Yeah, all so you had your pick of the litter, and instead yeah. you pick a nose tackle when you already have two. That's just two guys who can play that position. That was that was a big head scratcher for me. And uh, Daniel Jones, I know some guys are higher on Jones, and he could succeed. Um, and but I think you know the whole the whole thing is just a head scratcher. I mean, from Dave Gettleman, I know he was in a press conference the other day. He said that Jones won him over at the Senior Bowl when he watched him play the Senior Bowl. I mean, that's that's a game where... He didn't where... do too good there, right? Wait, what did you say? I remember, wa- I remember watching uh, some of that Senior Bowl. I watched him play. He didn't do too hot there, right? He had a couple of nice throws, but there was a lot of times where you saw the 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 pieces of his game that really aren't 
completely polished yet. He was kind of mistaken, right? He was kind of meh. You know, his stats yeah. were better. His stats looked better than he looked. You know, he wasn't like awful, but it wasn't like anything to write home about. But like the Senior Bowl, I think blitz you can't blitz, and coverages are limited, and so the quarterbacks have a pretty big handicap there. And yeah. Gettleman saying that Jones won him over with his play there is just kind of a red flag for me. You know, it feels like their decision was already made. They were just looking for some confirmation bias, and they got it. But, um, yeah, I mean, Jones is, to me, a guy who has some traits that would give him a high floor, you know, poise in the pocket. But I just I don't see the upside there, especially if you're going to sit him behind Eli for one to three years. Gettleman said that they could play Eli for three more years. That's just... First of all, that's that's, that's, that's irresponsible management of a rookie quarterback window right there. But like, it's just wrong on so many levels. But and I don't agree with the player selection either. You know, if you're gonna sit him, at least get a guy who's got more upside. You could get Drew Locke at thirty overall if you really wanted to trade back yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So I don't know. Yeah, that that was that you was get Drew Locke at six overall. I yeah. mean, you know, anyone is bad to me. <laughs> Jones to me. Is he was what Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke? He, he was my QB four. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, if that's your guy, that's cool. And again, I I love it because less of the point that he could be a bust, and more of the point that you know him being gone that early prevented the Redskins from doing something stupid at fifteen. <laughs> um, why don't you do, you say you, he he's got a high floor? Give me your comp for him, like best case scenario comp for him, worst case scenario comp for him. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I, I usually don't do player comps. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of Jacob, uh, what, what he's said in the past. Jacob says that he has Carson Wentz upside, and I can see that in a sense. Um, he's got the athleticism. He's got a decent arm. I wouldn't say his arm is as good as Carson Wentz's, but I think you know if everything goes right, maybe he can be that type of player. I see more Ryan Tannehill, which is a mm-hmm. comp that's thrown off, and I see a discount Ryan Tannehill. You know, I just yeah. to me, I look at the tape. He's very poised in the pocket. He's a tough guy for sure, and he's pretty mobile for his size. You know, six five. You're not you're not expecting him to be able to move a lot, but he can. So that's good. Good for him. You know, he's got that going for him. But I just I didn't see the consistent accuracy. I didn't see the arm talent. I didn't see the aggressive mentality you know, that I want from a, a franchise quarterback. I want a guy who I can work back into the comfort zone. I don't want a guy who I'm going to have to try and force to throw downfield and make the most out of those opportunities. I said, yeah. he, he, he really leaned on the quick game a lot. He didn't have a lot of help from his supporting cast. So that's, that's, that's another thing. So maybe if he gets into a supporting cast in the NFL that uh, helps him out a little bit more, he can be better. I don't know. We'll see. I don't like to make my, picks based on those projections i like to see the tangible upside despite the supporting cast that was what i saw with drew lock it's something i didn't see with jones so yeah using the sixth round pick on on that i mean you don't have to trade anything to get him but still i mean that's that's a really high pick you could have gotten josh allen you could have gotten a lot of good players and you got jones so yeah i look at jones and i see 10 i think is a good one i know you said you don't do the comps Tannehill is a good one. I could see kind of, speaking of uh, Tennessee Titans, kind of like a less mobile Marcus Mariota, a guy that's just going to, you know, he doesn't do anything particularly great. He doesn't do anything particularly bad. It's just 
you know, you go to the end of the year and you're just like, we got no production. And, and especially with you trade away Oda Beckham, you sign Golden Tate, you're, you extend Sterling Shepard. Those are guys who are fine. Golden Tate's a little bit long in the tooth at this point. Sterling Shepard Shepherd is not the kind of guy I would want my, you know, to be like, here's your featured item for my rookie quarterback. Yeah. I think that, and then again, they're closer to a rebuild than they are competing. That's why they got rid of Beckham. I think that would have helped Jones's, uh, you know, him develop a lot more to have a guy like that on the outside, as it would for any quarterback, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, you know, I think that there is a chance for him to be quote unquote successful there. I, don't, I mean, who, who knows? He may go out and he could be, you know, the next Peyton Manning. He could go out and be Blake Bortles. So I think that there is a chance there. I just don't know if it's the right situation. I said that for. Kyler Murray, what I one of the most important things when I look at Kyler Murray coming out was I think that he was a guy that has the physical tools. Obviously, he's got the great arm, he's got the athletic, he's got the athleticism, the mobility. But with his size and some of his limitations, he needs the perfect situation. And that's why when I saw a lot of the whole Kyler Murray to DC thing, I didn't I didn't love it because I thought that this is probably the worst situation for him to go into for an offense that we run. An uh, offensive line that is constantly banged up, no true receivers, a coach that's going into the lame duck year, an owner that tends to get overbearing and, and favorite his big, shiny quarterback and kind of mess with their egos and, and their development. So with Daniel Jones going into a situation where he's got Eli to learn from mentally, but, you know, he's going to – I assume that being the sixth overall pick when Eli starts Eliing it up, he's going to get thrown in there before he's ready. Uh, the team doesn't seem like they're ready to commit to having to rebuild, which is never good for a rookie quarterback to go into, especially a guy who's a project. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where I am with that. I mean, he's got the potential. I just don't think he's in a good situation for him to develop and turn into anything. Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to ask you. You mentioned how we both mentioned how DeAndre Baker's not, he's not a super athletic specimen. He's more of a physical beat you, beat you up, get hands on you type of corner. And then you say that Julian Love is a good, He's got that athleticism, the hips, and everything you need to trail and be, you know, one of those fast, athletic uh, corners that's right in your face all the time. Do you think that? I mean, those are that's a two completely different style player at that position. Do you think that that's gonna, you know, do you think one is gonna shine more than the other, fitting into that defense being so opposite of what their skill sets are? I think they can complement each other. Uh, it's it's. To me, when I look at that defense, you got three starting spots up for grabs. So I think there's going to be, you know, I think Love maybe could go in the slot or something and put Baker on the outside or whatever. I mm-hmm. I don't think one will shine more than the other. I think they'll both get their opportunities early on. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked both those picks, though, and I liked Corey Ballantyne in round six, too. I think in general the Giants had some they had some good later round picks. Like uh, Darius Slayton was another one I was pretty – impressed with yeah, I think I like that one yeah he's got upside a receiver especially when they have some openings there but at the end of the day the value that they that they passed up with their first two first round picks uh just puts a dampener on the entire thing so I don't know I I think the Gettleman quote you were talking about how they don't really know what they're doing right now I think Gettleman actually said in a press conference you can win and rebuild at the same time and that's just incorrect like, it's like that is incorrect sir so yeah that is an incorrect statement and it just goes <laughs> to show you that they don't know what they're doing and that as, as a Redskins fan that excites me <laughs> as someone who 
doesn't necessarily want to root against any one player from developing and having a successful career, that terrifies me for Daniel Jones because yeah. while I don't love him as a prospect, as a quarterback, I got no ill will towards the kid. So for him to go into a situation like that, that's scary because you, you, you truly don't know. You truly don't. Yeah. I mean, what happens three years down the line when Saquon Barkley is in his prime and he's in his contract year and, and they decide to go full rebuild and they ship him off, which it, it's not going to happen, but let's, you know, let's just say it does. And then there goes another weapon and maybe they haven't addressed anything. Maybe they get a Josh Docks on their hands where they get a first round receiver that doesn't pan out. It, it's just, it's scary to not have any kind of idea or general direction of where the team is headed. Yeah, and that that kind of feels like what the oh the phone is ringing again. That that kind of feels like the issue that they have. So we'll see what that ha- we'll see how that works out and everything. Uh, name unavailable. I wonder who that is. Uh, well, the phone ringing at this time is kind of uh, convenient because we are out of time, unfortunately. Uh, Nathan, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, breaking down the NFC East. I think the, it's safe to say the Redskins uh, kind of came to the top in this draft, but uh, yeah. We got to see how every class pans out, you know, because it's it's all evaluative at this point. We haven't actually seen how these guys translate. So next year, the year after that, year after that, we'll get a sense of what these players bring to the table. And then maybe we'll be able to grade our evaluations and see how it all worked out. So thanks for coming on, Nathan. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Peace out, everyone. Have a good night.